Christmas, everyone. Today is Christmas Day 2020, and um, I thought I'd hop on. I slept in today. That was great. Uh, I haven't uh, done anything like presents or anything yet. Um, it's going to be done after the show uh, where we're going to have like a late brunch, um, sleeping in after watching some holiday um, movies, and then I was Busy trolling last night trying to find out the news from the other side. Uh, and a few of you actually joined me to see what I do on my downtime to find out what's going on. Uh, it's uh, it's Christmas Day and uh, you know where I'm at? We're actually snowed in. There's a blizzard. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be hovering over here until tomorrow. Uh, I guess I'm going to be having a friend's Christmas uh, after the blizzard is over. Um, so I hope all of you, uh, today, uh, woke up healthy, happy, and optimistic, uh, remembering what Christmas really stands for. What is it supposed to represent? Which is, you know, our savior actually sending his own son down here in flesh and blood. Cause we were to give us guidance, to help us see uh, what the true meaning of um, being human is. And I hope everyone uh, enjoys that uh, moment today, uh, either that be one minute, five minutes, an hour, two hours of just contemplating uh, of service to each other and uh, love for another with respect, of course. So I thought that, um, you know, for catching up, uh, I thought, I don't know if any of you uh, heard the president and the first lady's message. So I thought that it would be great for us to um, hear it and see them and listen to what they had to say. I want to wish every American a very Merry Christmas. During the sacred season, Christians celebrate the greatest miracle in human history. More than 2,000 years ago, God sent his only begotten son to be with us. An angel announced the birth of our Lord and Savior to humble shepherds. He said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. At Christmas, we thank God for sending us his son to bring peace to our souls and joy to the world. As you know, this Christmas is different than years past. We are battling a global pandemic that has affected all of us. Yet, through this great challenge, we have been inspired by the kindness and courage of citizens across this country. 
Teachers have worked extraordinarily hard to keep our children learning. Students have delivered groceries to elderly neighbors. Communities have found new ways to stay connected to one another. Courageous first responders, doctors, and nurses have given everything to save lives. Brilliant scientists have developed treatments and vaccines. We are delivering millions of doses of a safe and effective vaccine that will soon end this terrible pandemic and save millions and millions of lives. We're grateful for all of the scientists, researchers, manufacturing workers, and service members who have worked tirelessly to make this breakthrough possible. It is truly a Christmas miracle. During this wonderful time of year, we also give thanks for the brave and selfless Americans who keep us safe. We are forever grateful for the men and women of law enforcement and the heroes of the United States military. In this holy season, we thank God for his infinite love, and we pray that the light of his glory will forever shine on this magnificent land. On behalf of Melania and the entire Trump family, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And that was a great message, uh, a great Merry Christmas message from First Family. I, I don't think I've ever heard a message like that and said, wow, it's sincere, it's loving. And for, for a very long time, I feel, I mean, even Reagan had his, but they weren't so, you know, full of love. I, I mean, unconditional love, which is so good, right? And um, that that that's key. I really hope he is having a Merry Christmas, but uh, he is the president of the United States and it seems as if um, he hasn't stopped working. Uh, there was an explosion in Nashville. The president has actually been briefed on it. I wanted to uh, play a clip from Faux News uh, that um, talks about it so we can get just the gist of it. There's a lot more out there, but just the gist of it. Here we go. Take a listen. All right. So we did just confirm that uh, Nashville Police Department will be holding another news conference at 1, a, uh, 1, 1 p.m. rather um, Eastern time. So that'll be noon central time. So when that happens, we'll bring it to you. But we're going to bring in Mark Meredith now. Uh, he's got the White House reaction and what the president is hearing on this uh, ongoing investigation now involving the FBI. So essentially a federal investigation. Mark. Julie, good, uh, good morning. That's right. We can now confirm that President Trump has been briefed on the explosion in Nashville, Tennessee. A White House spokesperson telling Fox News that he is in constant contact with his security officials. Also, that the president is, quote, grateful for the incredible first responders and praying for those who were injured. It's unclear whether or not we're going to see the president address what's been going on on camera or not. He's at his golf club this morning. He's been out here in Mar-a-Lago since Wednesday evening for his Christmas vacation. There was nothing on the president's public schedule, so we were unclear whether or not we were going to even see the president on camera or maybe get a tweet about this. But now within the last two, three minutes or so, the uh, White House spokesperson, Judd Deere, letting us know that the president briefed on the explosion, continuing to receive these regular updates, but also thankful for uh, all of those that are working to find out what's going on. We also heard from Republican Senator Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee, who said this morning that she was actively uh, monitoring what was going on as well, praying for those involved. 
And it's likely we're going to be hearing from all of those, uh, you know, Tennessee state officials as well on the federal level that'll be uh, looking to see what they can do in offering federal resources. No official word yet we have seen from the FBI or ATF. The uh, Tennessee Bureau of Investigation reported that the FBI was taking the lead in this investigation. They put out a tweet, the TBI, probably about 20 minutes or so ago. So obviously we're going to see this shift from just a state investigation to a federal level. Again, as for President Trump, we'll continue to look to see what he may have more to say on this. But now he has been briefed and monitoring the situation happening in Nashville. Julie. All right, Mark Meredith, thank you so much. There are so many. Mark Meredith said FBI and TBI. So which one is it? Tennessee Bureau of Investigation or Federal Bureau of Investigation? Confused, right? Now, there is a um, a rumor going on. Well, the police said that they believe that the explosion in Nashville was an intentional act. So I wanted to uh, play that report because that was interesting to hear, you know, that the guy um, was probably so broke because of uh, the whole infodemic that he uh, exploded his business on Christmas knowing that there weren't going to be a lot of people. I want you guys to listen to that. Uh, That's quite interesting, which also shows desperation. Breaking news this Christmas morning from Nashville, an explosion that has rocked downtown Nashville, sent heavy black smoke and flames into the sky. Emergency crews right now are on the scene. Welcome to a brand new hour of America's Newsroom. Merry Christmas to you and yours. I'm Leland Vittert. Sandra Smith has the holiday off. We are learning that police in Nashville reportedly believe this explosion was an intentional act. Charles Watson is in our Southeast Newsroom with the latest on this. Hi, Charles. Hi, Leland. Uh, Metro police say this is connected uh, to uh, to a vehicle that exploded at 2nd Avenue in Commerce in downtown Nashville. Multiple reports right now uh, say that a parked RV was in the middle of a road and exploded around 6.30 this morning, sending heavy black smoke uh, into downtown Nashville. Police, fire, and federal authorities are on the scene investigating right now. We're told that they're being very cautious around this explosion site. Videos posted to social media uh, show a very chaotic scene moments after the explosion. In one video, you can see what appears to be a vehicle uh, on fire near buildings that appear to have been badly damaged from the explosion. An individual we spoke to this morning uh, with the Metro Nashville Police Department couldn't confirm many details with us, but said he could feel the explosion rattle the ground as he made his way into work this morning. Uh, Right now, we know from Metro Nashville Police that at least three people have been transported uh, to area hospitals. Uh, None of those injuries appear to be serious at this hour. But again, Leland, as you mentioned, Metro Nashville Police believe that this explosion may have been intentional. Police, local fire and federal authorities are on the ground investigating as we speak. And of course, we'll keep following this story as more details develop. Leland. Yeah, and as we watch this video, you can see the plume of smoke coming up from downtown Nashville. You mentioned Second and Commerce Street. Uh, there's a number of bars. It looks like sort of a, a pedestrian walk uh, right down by the river. Uh, the Melting Pot Bar, Brazilian Steakhouse, Beer Store, Bell South Cell Phone Store, Pizza Joint, the Coyote Ugly, the Blues Club. Uh, you would hope on a on a morning, on a Christmas morning like this, thankfully there wouldn't be anybody out and about. As you noted, there were some injuries. Thankfully, none of them appear at the time to be life-threatening. Looking now at the AP wire, emergency crews are there, black cloak and sm- flames coming out. Uh, 
The Metro Nashville Office of Emergency Management told Nashville television station WKRN that a parked recreational vehicle exploded and damaged the buildings. The station quoted officials as saying the explosion did not seem suspicious. So we get the RV point, and now we hear that this Christmas morning explosion appears to be uh, an intentional act. Times like this, you end up with the FBI coming in, the ATF coming in, as Charles mentioned, uh, you've got a number of federal authorities who will respond to this. And typically what you see is a situation where everything slows down dramatically once they figure out who uh, is injured and in getting those people out. Uh, you can see video. This is from Buck McCoy on Facebook, what appears to be right down by the explosion, uh, which appears to be have been very significant. Uh, and you can imagine if that street was packed with people going out last night, it would be a very different situation uh, than what happened this morning where Charles reports that there were only a couple of minor injuries. As things slow way down, uh, then the investigation begins. The bomb squad comes in and clears any vehicle nearby to make sure that there's not additional uh, danger there. Uh, then they go in and they assess the buildings to make sure that they are not uh, structurally damaged. Uh, and then the investigation begins of, of who owned the RV and who's behind this. I'm going to just check with our crews. This is a live picture from Nashville, correct? No live. This is not live. This is tape right now. So it's looking down the street where we see uh, the ambulances and fire trucks. Uh, Charles, I'm interested uh, is you've been trying to talk to. Hold on. So there's a lot of uh, speculation of what this is. Look, there have been a lot of fires and explosions. There was one out by Camp Pendleton. We'll talk about that. But I wanted to show you on Twitter what's going on here. So here's something from just a minute ago on local Tennessee TV. Nick, if you're ready and you can hear me, new details talking to his sources. Uh, Nick, if you're ready and you can hear me, uh, please update us. What do you know? What's going on? Okay, yes, I'll join you here in a moment. Just came in from the, uh, the field, Ben, and we've gotten some new details to kind of explain. One of the questions many people have right now is, we heard from law enforcement with regard to why they were able to get there and become suspicious of this RV there on 2nd Avenue. What was it? that tipped them off to that, that this was a concern there. And what we have now confirmed... Wait a minute, what do you mean? Wait, stop. Are you guys listening to this? So now we're finding out that the FBI or law enforcement were tipped off about that vehicle. So people are trying to understand what tipped them off for them to already be spotting this vehicle before it exploded or after. Wait, listen to that carefully. Details talking to his sources. Uh, Nick, if you're ready and you can hear me, uh, please update us. What do you know? What's going on? Okay, yes, yeah, so I'll join you here in a moment. Just getting from the, uh, the field bed, and we've gotten some new details to kind of explain. One of the questions many people have right now is we've heard from law enforcement with regard to why they were able to get there and become suspicious of this RV there on 2nd Avenue. What was it that tipped them off to that and that this was a concern there? And what we have now confirmed through authorities is that witnesses there at the scene, folks who living nearby, said that they were awakened first by what they thought sounded like gunshots in the area. And then they heard, either coming from the RV or from individuals nearby, some type of message coming across on a megaphone or being broadcast that the RV, as an early warning, contained a bomb and that they had a limited time to evacuate. There was this warning that went on for several minutes, likely which led to the call for law enforcement to investigate. After about 20 minutes, they say that that morning altered itself into a countdown. 
and that the folks had about 15 minutes or so to get away from the area. One individual was very hard about this. He said that they gathered up their uh, pets, got out of the area, and went across the river into the parking lot of the football stadium. And uh, not long after that, the explosion actually went off. So what we believe uh, may have led law enforcement to this location was that report to the suspicious SUV. They're being parked on 2nd Avenue alone on Christmas Eve may have been enough. But beyond that, now they are investigating the reports that there was an early warning of sorts, which you have to wonder, okay, was that coming from the individual or individuals responsible for this, that there was going to be a blast and that you had some time to evacuate, and then it moved from that warning to a countdown. They had 15 minutes, and then the blast went off. Now, again, this is something that they are investigating. They confirmed. Well, that's weird, isn't it? So now they're saying they heard something like gunshots. Then they heard uh, a countdown or a warning. There's a bomb on here, and, uh, you know, you need to evacuate, and there was a countdown, and then they're saying that, the guy tried to set fire to his business. What is going on here? So, so confusing. So I'm just looking at the more latest news on the Tennessee explosion. And it's just, um, it's quite interesting to see what people are saying and what is being done. That's a lot of damage right there. I mean, dang. Um, it's, it's so bizarre, isn't it, guys? Countdown people then he said something stupid like oh it was suspicious because they parked their cars on the side of the road on christmas eve is like uh isn't that where normally people park cars so that's bizarre in itself um i think this is a business that was exploded dang this is nuts i'm just going through uh the feeds right now on twitter uh, because we are the news, so we look for people uh, to post the information uh, that is out there uh, more reliable. I guess people people are more reliable. Remember, your phone is your camera, is the way we share information with each other. Uh, so it's um it's quite interesting uh, just how things. Wow, that looks it looks insane. The fires on the ground, the explosion. Thank God there are people there uh, taking video footage. And why there? Ugh, Second Avenue. I mean, okay. But, VI, you know, the BIEDs are interesting. And they are very traceable, too. So it's not like you can't trace it. I'm just going to look through here to see if anyone else... Um, dropped anything particular that would be good in dispelling what we're hearing because the news are telling us a story but it doesn't sound right um it sounds off doesn't it i mean for me it sounds off in the respects that uh, people don't know what is going on um they know it's an intentional uh Explosion. Um, Nashville police held, another held a, uh, a press conference. Let's go to that and see what the police have to say. They're saying it's intentional. Well, if there's gunshots and then countdowns, um, of course, you were there with intent. But uh, it's, it's quite interesting. 
Let's take a look. At noon, uh, ATF, FBI, etc., are all at the scene. Uh, our hazardous uh, devices unit is with them as well. As you know, the downtown area, the immediate downtown area, has been sealed off by law enforcement as we conduct this investigation. A number of our police dogs, <clears throat> excuse me, a number of our police dogs have been called and are now searching the area. These are explosive detection dogs to make sure that there are no secondary devices. We have no indication uh, that there are secondary devices. However, out of an abundance of caution, we have a number of dogs that are conducting sweeps of that immediate downtown area at present. We're also going to be conducting searches of downtown buildings, particularly those impacted on Second Avenue, to make sure that there is no one in need of help in those. Uh, I will say that Central Precinct officers conducted uh, a door-to-door, apartment-to-apartment, if you will, check of units on 2nd Avenue this morning just before the explosion occurred and uh, got persons to safety. Uh, There was actually a man walking his dog on 2nd Avenue that an officer stopped and directed in another way just before the RV exploded. Uh, The explosion knocked one of our officers to the ground. Uh, Thankfully, no officers were significantly hurt. I think one officer uh, sustained uh, some uh, what we hope is temporary hearing loss, Uh, but no other officers uh, have been injured. Obviously, uh, there were a number of officers on 2nd Avenue. Wait a minute. Temporary hearing loss? So were they there when it exploded? I'm very confused right now. So was there a countdown? Were there gunshots? Did we, I mean, have a countdown in a 15 minute, you know, get out of here signal? Why were the police already there? Oh, because of the countdown. So there was a countdown. The police were there, but didn't investigate. Did they investigate? Like what happened? So now everything seems to be very confusing. Working this call when the explosion occurred and uh, they have uh, been interviewed by our federal partners and the investigation is progressing. I'll take just a couple of questions. What calls, we were brief again. What caused the bomb squad to come? What, what did they see to make them call the bomb squad? When the officers got to 2nd Avenue North on the shots fired call, this RV was parked there and there were circumstances about the RV that caused the officers to request the bomb squad. Wait a minute. Is it an RV or is it a rider truck? Because there's reports that it was a rider truck. So which one is it? Recreational vehicle, which is like a bus with beds in it or whatever? Or was it a rider truck? Because does rider make, you know, rent the RVs? I mean, I'm very confused right now. This is interesting. No, an officer leaving at the intersection of Broadway and 2nd just about 6.45 this morning with two to three what appeared to be teenagers in the backseat. Do you know about this and was this just taking them somewhere or was this possibly? Well, the officers would have been looking for any witnesses, anybody who may have been around in that area who may have seen something. The Central Precinct is just a couple of blocks away. And I know that uh, some persons 
uh, we'll take into the central precinct for questioning. Uh, we'll uh, flesh that out more as the day goes on. John, do we know if anyone was in that vehicle and if there may be an, any other type of setup, uh, any other maybe potential bomb situation down here, explosion, or is it just isolated to that one, do we think, at this time? So we do not know whether anyone was inside that vehicle. There was a significant explosion. We don't know whether anyone was physically inside. Uh, are you asking me, was there another explosion this morning? Do we believe that there may be another vehicle, possibly, where there may have been another explo attempted explosion? Let's do the fear porn. Or just that one vehicle at this time that we're thinking? We are not aware of any other attempted explosion. Do we know where this vehicle may have come from? I know the explosion probably, you know, damaged the vehicle to see, couldn't see anything at that point. Well, that's all part of our investigation. Uh, as you all know, there are cameras throughout the downtown area. And as part of what we're doing now, we're trying to look at footage and see exactly what the cameras might tell us. I heard several small explosions after the main What was that? Uh, I don't know that. Uh, if there could have been uh, something and maybe some windows breaking, shattering. I don't know. Uh, you mentioned severe damage to, to a building. Uh, which one and how many buildings were damaged? Well, there are several buildings that have experienced damage on Second Avenue. So this is just a shots fired call. We don't have it confirmed yet that shots were fired. You are correct. You are correct. Huh. Sounds very interesting. So I'm going to tell you guys something. So a um, couple weeks ago, I, um, you know, all of us have nightmares or whatnot, right? I don't know if I mentioned this on air. It was before um, or was it after the elections? Gosh darn it. Anyway, I saw that um, I was uh, at a mixed uh, area of places, right? Um, and I think maybe I was influenced from a movie I watched for sure. But I remember waking up like, no. So I like pearls. Okay. Um, that's like the only bijou type thing that I'll ever wear. And um, I remember this because it was really funny. My daughter told me the other day, uh, we're not going to park there because of, you know, this nightmare I had. So um, it was uh, me in a parking lot, uh, parking my car. It was like open, but you know, covered, you know what I mean? Parking lot. So it seemed like it was residential and stores and I had uh, parked and someone was going to like Macy's. Anyway, I, I don't remember. But what I do remember is that people were coming out of the doors shooting people. And I was like, ding. So then I was in a place in a room where there were a lot of people, but all the people in that room um, that was at the top of a building, right? We're all like conservatives. And so I remember the room had like um, fine mesh wire on it. And it seemed like, you know, to keep people in. And the first thing I thought when I was in the room, I, I saw my daughter and then people that I all knew were, you know, um, conservatives. <laughs> and um, I was wearing a black shirt, like my uniform wearing black and or what no wrong I was wearing a white shirt that had like a black collar and my pearls and I remember <clears throat> I was looking around and I was like dang what is this a gulag that's the first thing that came to mind even though I knew that everyone was running away from all these people that were coming out of you know service doors with guns 
And, you know, then I saw that I got shot. That's why I woke up. Um, because I was like, yo, what's going on here? Are we in a gulag and someone shot me? So, you know, that's, that was typical to the, like the false flags. For those of you that are on Twitch, we watched, um, a movie that was, you know, more B rated and it was actually quite good, um, uh, called rumors of war where someone was talking about how they were chipping people, how they were putting out false flags and doing all these things. So for me, uh, you know, paying attention to operations all the way back from the Cuban Missile Crisis and reading up on certain events that have happened, uh, it all seemed to have the same scenario. Shots fired before, arguments before, all these things happened. And um, what's interesting is there are so many inconsistencies in what they're saying. Um, someone tweeted out, I live near Nashville, about 50 miles west, and woke up this morning learning of an explosion in the city, presumably a car with a bomb on Christmas morning, with Mayor Pooper unnaturally upbeat and positive. Um, they said it was actually a rider rental truck. They called out the bomb squad, and Mayor Pooper cracks a remark about Nashville being just as famous in New York as, as New York and LA. It's bizarre, but wait, there's more. There's even more, um, more information, uh, you know, of other fires and explosions. Look, I saw this last night and I was going to retweet it, but I thought I'd sit on it just for a little bit. But, um, last night, late last night, there was a fire, uh, in, right outside of Camp Pendleton, uh, forcing the Marine base to be evacuated. I want to play a quick clip from San Diego about that because this is really, really interesting. I mean, uh, a fire in L.A. on Christmas Eve is not hot, hot, arid, or dry. It makes absolutely zero sense. So... You know, this is all fear porn. This is all how, you know, how people resonate lower. Take a listen to this. Let's take a listen to it, if we can. Is there anything? No, it's just showing the fire. It's not saying anything. I thought that NBC was saying something. This is from NBC News in San Diego, showing the fire last night that started. Um, For those of you that can see, um, we're just going through the scenarios, apparently, and let me um, get back to uh, the article portion of it. Apparently, a fast-moving brush fire burning amid a red flag warning scorched 4,200 acres in San Diego's North County on Thursday, um, prompting evacuation of 7,000 residents overnight. As of 8 p.m. Thursday, uh, California fire officials said the fire had uh, scorched uh, 4,276 acres and remained 35% contained. At, uh, by 5.45 p.m., all the affected residents of Fallbrook and Camp Pendleton were told they were safe to return home. Thursday morning, Camp Pendleton Division Chief Ryan Cushing said Creek Fire was fueled by wind and steep terrain that proved difficult to access. Cushing said that Camp Pendleton Fire Department was working with Cal Fire San Diego and the U.S. Forest Service to get an upper hand on the blaze. Um, he said firefighters are working diligently to construct containment lines along the flanks in the head of the fire. Uh, there was a video on Twitter uh, by Cushing. Okay, so 
Here is Division Chief. Uh, Good morning. My name is Ryan Rushing. I'm a Division Chief with Camp Pendleton Fire. I'm here to provide you with the situational update on the Creek Fire. The fire started last night along County, San Diego County, Deleuze Road. Uh, it quickly grew to 3,050 acres on the last mapping. It was fueled by steep terrain, difficult access, and winds. The fire has forced the evacuations as a precaution of the Luz Housing, O'Neill Heights Housing, as well as the Lake O'Neill Campgrounds. Uh, we are currently in cooperation with CAL FIRE and the U.S. Forest Service. Firefighters are working diligently to construct containment lines along the flanks and the head of the fire. Currently, the fire sits at 0% containment. That concludes the situational update for the Creek Fire. Good morning. My name is Ryan Rushing. I'm a Okay, so as you could see, that seems really bizarre um, how this fire just came out. 35% has been contained. They're constantly saying 7,000. Look at the updates as it's going 5 a.m. Fire burns across 500 acres in Fallbrook. We're just having a lot of fires and a lot of things. Look at the map. The map, you know, extends to Duluth Heights, Duluth. Camp Pendleton has actually um, evacuated now. It's uh, There's a lot going on. There is a, a lot going on. Uh, but before we get into that, Let's just listen to the rest of that Fox report so that you can see just how confusing it is. I mean, obviously, if it's an explosion, it's an intentional act. But listen to the words they're using. Folks, uh, have you gotten any information uh, on who the people who were injured are? Were these people who were living down in that area or just walking around on Christmas morning? Well, Leland, we haven't gotten a lot of a lot of information about this incident in general. So uh, not a lot of details about the victims who were transported to the hospital, why they were in the area this morning, uh, whether they were out on a run or walk or going into work. But, uh, you know, uh, obviously there were folks out this morning. You know, as you mentioned, there are videos on social media uh, moments after this major explosion where you can see vehicles on fire and the damage done to the surrounding buildings. So, so uh, there were people out in the street. Luckily, there weren't uh, more people injured this morning uh, from, you know, when you consider all the videos that right. we see on yeah, social media. We understand that this happened at 6.30 a.m. That comes from the Nashville Police Department's Twitter account. Buck McCoy, whose video we referenced on the ground, which sort of gives us the best perspective of the cars burning uh, and others, uh, he lives in the area. He posted the videos on Facebook, water pouring down from the ceiling of his home. You can hear, if I'm quiet for a second, we'll put the gnats up. And it appears as though you're hearing in that video the screams of people possibly who were injured because we know there were a number of them. All of my windows, every single one of them got blown into the next room. If I had been standing there, it would have been horrible. This is Buck McCoy. It felt like a bomb. It was that big. Uh, and Buck talked to the Associated Press here. There were about four cars on fire. I don't know if it was hot, so they just caught on fire. And the trees were blown uh, apart. Um, we're going to let Charles go work some of his sources and check in with the federal authorities who come in. And with that, we'll bring in Ted Williams, uh, former D.C. homicide detective, also former uh, federal agent. Uh, you hear the, the Nashville police now saying this appears to be an intentional act, no critical injuries. But that word intentional act changes everything, doesn't it, Ted? 
Uh, Leland, you're absolutely correct. It changes everything. Uh, now we know that this is perhaps a criminal investigation. Uh, the first thing they are trying to do, Leland, is to make sure that they clear this scene, that they make sure that there are no explosive devices or other explosive devices there, and they're going to have to walk uh, and, and work a little backwards here. Uh, but uh, this is definitely a very catastrophic event that is taking place here this morning in Nashville. Obviously, the facts of this, of these are extremely slim, but we do know 6.30 in the morning is when this large explosion occurred. Uh, they think it came from an RV, which was the initial reports. And then as we look at that video from ground level, uh, the destruction is pretty significant. If it is an intentional act, what do you make of the fact that it happened? Oh, now we have live pictures. This is a helicopter shot from one of our affiliates in Nashville. And you can see the burned out cars. Uh, Ted, I don't know if you're near... Um, your tv but as we if they zoom back in you'll see this is a looks like a pedestrian area with bars and restaurants downtown if this had happened at 6 30 at night and restaurants in tennessee are open and serving we'd have a very different situation than we have at 6 30 in the morning Lillian, you're absolutely right uh if this would have happened uh in at any other time other than the period of time here early in the morning uh we could very well be looking at something more catastrophic. Uh, it is no doubt about it. It's my understanding that there have been injuries, but uh, there's not been any deaths reported at this immediate time. Uh, but you have the bomb squad, you have federal agencies, uh, and as well as the local agencies that are on that scene. And it is now, I'm sure, considered a crime scene. And uh, as, as a result of that, uh, you will find perhaps ATNF, alcohol, taxi, tobacco, that will take over that uh, scene there, uh, because this uh, certainly is certainly, as they've said and reported, is intentional. So that is deeply concerning. And what is more concerning, Leland, is is there are other areas that are going to be affected in this city of Nashville, and I'm sure that. All throughout the country now, law enforcement are on alert for other uh, explosives uh, such as is taking place here in uh, Nashville. Yeah, you would. So, okay, so I'm going through Twitter. You guys, we need to, like, look at some of this stuff, okay? This is bizarre. So now they're telling people that there may be more places across the nation. You're going to be exploded. I mean, everyone's at home anyway, so the businesses are closed. So I'm a little bit confused as to where they're going with this. But here's a very interesting thing. This is where the bomb went off, right? And it's showing a view of the location with the AT&T logo, right? But here's where the bizarre thing comes in, okay? If you guys can see that, which is, see, this is it. This is, you guys have no idea how how happy I am that people are doing work and paying attention, to small things that tell you the story. Look at this. Why would Google Maps, when you look it up, hide the AT&T logo? Why, when you face it, right? You can see it from the side, but not when you're facing the building, it's blocking out the AT&T logo. That makes no sense because you could see it from the side view as you're going through, but you can't see it from the forward view. That's pretty interesting, isn't it? So that's one. Another, um, oh wait, 
Did, was I showing you guys or did I do that again? Yeah, okay. So I have to show you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I apologize for that. So for those of you listening on podcast um, version, I'll um, have to repeat myself, but it is where the interesting things are. You'll see that when you go on Google Maps and you put 172 Second Avenue North and you walk it uh, from the side, you can see the AT&T logo on the building where the explosion happened. But then Google, for some reason, on the straight shot, blocks the logo. Like, why would they blur the front of the building? Why would Google do that? It makes no sense. I don't know. That's curious, right? Very very curious. Uh, so I, I found that very, very interesting. So here is a video that a listener shared on uh, Twitter for me to share, which has uh, the explosion, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, no. First, let's go to this post. So this is a post from someone, um, from one of their clients on Broadway. We are safe. A bomb exploded in front of our building early this morning. First, we heard gunfire extremely loud three different times. That got us up. When we looked out of our window, we saw a large RV parked across the street. The RV was broadcasting a message that contained that it contained a bomb and that we had limited time to evacuate. That went on for 20 minutes or so, and then the message changed to a countdown. It said, we have 15 minutes to evacuate, that the bomb was going to be detonated. We grabbed our cat and not much else and made our way to the car and across the river to LP Field. Had we stayed in our apartment, we would have been seriously injured or killed. But we are safe in a hotel now. Not sure when we'll be able to return to our apartment. Thanks to so many of you for reaching out to us this morning. We have the clothes on our backs and we're safe. We feel blessed. Wow. Christmas. You know, I want to speculate right now. Just just speculate right now for a second, but um, there were a few, uh, during those Zoom calls uh, that um, a great American patriot uh, was able to um, collect for us, Uh, you know, he was looking at it from the perspective of, you know, this insane youth uh, pretty much talking smack and wanting communism. And I, and, and those of you that were in telegram yesterday, uh, you know, saw how I enter these rooms and ask questions. I'm always trying to red pill people, but in a trolley fashion, I mean, I, I, you know, I had a bit of, uh, um, well, it wasn't even high alcohol. It was like 3% alcohol wine because I don't do well with alcohol anyway. And, um, you know, it was always about just looking at them from a perspective of their commies, right? And we just want to see um, what they are like. Well, in those calls, uh, when I was watching them, and I, and I had this conversation with Millie Weaver and the um, individual that sits in on them, I was very, very concerned about the VBIEDs that they were talking about um, and renting cars and trucks uh, to do things like that. And they had discussed it during their November surprise. But... um the concern that I had was, is what if because uh, Millie Weaver had been in contact with DHS and, uh, you know, Metro, uh, DC Metro and 
uh, other law enforcement in regards to the actions that they deter the actions to do them later. So it is, um, it's pretty interesting um, that they, the discussion, and I, and I remember telling that to officials while I was in DC, my concern is a vehicle um, being used as weapons. And obviously they don't know who lives in the area. So they would be most likely to say, Hey, you know, get out of your apartment because we're going to blow this place up. You know, I, if anything, I would actually think it's these organized, um, uh, insane liberals uh, that, uh, you, you know, these commies, they're not liberals, they're commies, uh, getting together and discussing this uh, because they're chats and they're signal chats. And, you know, remember, the people that are leading these groups are people like Congresswoman, AOC, Chuck Schumer, uh, senior level uh, officials uh, within, you know, senior executive service, right? SESs um, within federal agencies. Uh, this, if anyone was to ask, I'd, I'd look at all those commies uh, that were discussing a coup, uh, that were praising building, burning buildings. Uh, this is what I would be concerned of. And it seems very, very coordinated and it just seems too bizarre right now how they're inferring that this could be across the nation, inferring that there could be more. This is Christmas Day. Obviously, commies don't believe in God, so they don't care about Christmas either. But uh, this is this is where it's concerning. Now, for those of you watching on the screen, there is a video of the point of explosion. So that was a message playing and showing the explosion. Um, uh, for those of you that are able to watch, uh, that's uh, quite interesting, right? It's, it's actually very interesting how uh, that occurred in that sense. Um, it's uh, pretty interesting how this is happening. I'm not understanding if... I mean, I don't even know if that video is real. I I wouldn't know if it isn't. But um, it's Christmas Day. Commies don't believe in God, so Christmas isn't a sacred holiday uh, for them. Uh, it's it's just very very bizarre. Um, everyone that was witnessed there that evacuated said the same thing that uh, they were uh, going to be. Uh, they had a message to have a countdown um, that they had to leave. Uh, it was just uh, very, um, very interesting. Uh, so what is happening? See, something has been planned for sure. And it's happening during Christmas. Um, these bombs um, 
aren't something that concern me to the fact that, you know, like I said, this has already been brought to the attention of law enforcement authorities uh, to check those Zoom chats out uh, because uh, they discussed it uh, about rental cars, rental trucks. Uh, so hopefully uh, they took that to heed. I'm pretty sure they did. But it's just um, the the information that we are getting from the authorities, the mayor, the police, TBI, FBI, whatever, just seems so confusing. Um, it almost seems intentionally confusing. Uh, the president has been briefed on the explosion, which tells you it doesn't sound like some guy that was disgruntled wanted to blow his business up because he didn't have money. Uh, that doesn't make sense. And them inferring or cashing in on fear porn, telling people that, oh, there may be more across the nation, uh, tells you that this is quite organized. I think it's important for us to go see if CNN has said anything. Because um, they're the fear porn kings and queens of everything. And if we want to find out what their, what their end game is, that's, uh, that's where we look. We look to CNN. They always give you, they always give away their plan. So let's head over to CNN. Uh, head Mockingbird Media and see what they have to tell us. Because they always tell you who they are and what their plan is. These just gave a press conference. I want you to listen to part of it. Before six o'clock this morning, the police department received a call of a suspicious vehicle on 2nd Avenue North uh, outside the AT&T building. An officer responded and after assessing the vehicle had reason to call our hazardous devices unit. The hazardous devices unit was en route to the downtown area when an explosion linked to that vehicle took place at 630. Uh, the explosion was significant as you can see from the street there on 2nd Avenue. Now the police department, its federal partners, the FBI, ATF, are conducting a large-scale investigation to this point. We do believe that the explosion was an intentional act. Uh, our federal partners continue to join us here at the scene this morning, and this investigation will be taking place throughout the day. Our police officers, with the assistance of the Tennessee Highway Patrol, are conducting a shutdown, if you will, of the downtown area while we assess this entire situation. So traffic in the downtown area uh, from the interstate system, really, uh, and in the immediate downtown area is going to be restricted as our teams attempt to assess exactly what's taken place, uh, who may be involved, etc. cetera. Uh, that's all the information I have for you at this point. Uh, we will do another update when we know more, uh, certainly in the next uh, hour or so. Uh, at this point, Joseph Pleasant from the National Fire Department can talk about the response from his team. Good morning. As you can see, we have a significant response from our Fire Suppression Bureau as well as our EMS division. We have uh, multiple personnel here from our HAZMAT team as well as our Special Operations Division working uh, to support our uh, local, state, and federal partners. Right now, we can report we've made three transports to area hospitals. None of those transports at this point are critical. Uh, two of those uh, people went to uh, Centennial. 
Uh, one of those persons went to Vanderbilt University Medical Center. We do have a special EMS division set up right now to monitor the situation. Uh, once again, we are asking everyone uh, to be mindful of the active ongoing situation here and to give our people uh, space to work in. Uh, but once again, right now, we don't have any significant injuries to report. Thank you. And I'll be back in an hour. Okay, one hour from now, right here. I want to bring in Shimon Prokupes, who's following the details of this breaking news. Shimon, this looks like a pretty big explosion here. Do you know what buildings are surrounding uh, this area uh, where the explosion happened? Well, well, I think, Allison, when you look at these pictures, um, this does not look like a, a city uh, in anywhere in the United States right now. I mean, when you look at this and, and the extent of damage uh, that we're seeing here, it is quite remarkable. Uh, this was a pretty powerful uh, bomb. I mean, they're saying this was intentional. What exactly was used, we don't know. But the fact that this was intentional and the size of this explosion significantly, uh, it's a significant explosion. I mean, this is um, more than a block of damage. We see vehicles uh, that were damaged, uh, nearby businesses. Uh, and we're also lucky that we're not talking about more injuries. Uh, right now, the officials there are saying there have been only three injuries. Uh, I mean, that is pure luck. Uh, talk about on Christmas Day. Uh, this seems to be a business area. It's downtown Nashville, so it's mostly stores and businesses. So perhaps uh, that's why uh, maybe people were not there. Uh, but this is really, when you talk about a miracle uh, in some ways, because look at the extent of this damage. I mean, the damage here stretches out for blocks. Uh, so a couple of very key points that I think we've already have heard from the police there in Nashville is that they got a call for a suspicious vehicle. It was still dark out. The sun had not risen and the police were on scene. They were responding. And when the officer got there, he or she noticed something suspicious. They were calling in uh, for perhaps the bomb squad to come in, the hazardous material team, that would be the bomb squad, to come in and help them out. And sometime after that, there was this explosion. Um, so it's significant. So they have some, you know, pieces of information. They Perhaps, you know, where this call came from, was it intentional to try and set up the police? That is something they're going to be looking at. Uh, but I just can't uh, get my mind, uh, wrap my mind around the amount of damage that we're seeing here. The other thing I should point out is that right now it appears that they don't have anyone in custody, that this explosion is linked to an RV, and a vehicle that was placed. He did say something interesting, and I want you guys to listen to that. He talked about the extensive damage that occurred. Um, because usually bombs, the way they are, they have direction. You know, is it an implosion, explosion? Is it, you know... Does it um, fire both north, south? Are there other uh, accelerants around? And just take a look for those of you watching at the damage and listen to what he's saying. That we're seeing here. The other thing I should point out is that right now it appears that they don't have anyone in custody, that this explosion is linked to an RV, and a vehicle that was placed there. It does not appear that they have anyone uh, in custody. So it would seem that whoever did this left the vehicle there and left Allison. Huh, left vehicle there and left. Okay, fair enough. So let's go fill up our coffee cups and enjoy this man with amazing teeth and chops. Uh, who's going to pretty much tell us we live in the land of confusion? Because right now everyone is confused. Indeed we are.
All right. That's one of my favorite songs ever because being someone that was always tasked to confuse the masses, um, you know, I find it kind of ironic. <laughs> that should be the actual theme song for the fourth unelected branch of government. Just saying. So let's shift a bit gears. So we started with the fear porn on Christmas Day. The news are going to have it wall to wall. I can tell you, I um, I really enjoyed um, yesterday, uh, last night, I went out last minute with my daughter to just go get some food, obviously cigarettes, because everything was going to be closed today. And, um, you know, I wanted to go out and see uh, two very good friends of mine yesterday because I, I have presents for them. Uh, but with the blizzard and it was just like way too much. And I had, I have a lot to do like at home too. Uh, you know, I, I don't magically just exist. Um, there's uh, things that I have to take care of. But the one thing I saw was, you know, I, I, I live downtown so I could there's beautiful lights everywhere. And, uh, you know, with the, there was a really, really good song and I'm going to find it for you guys and play it for you. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, where I was just kind of like driving around and had the, the camera with it, um, you know, for myself to remember it. It felt like Christmas just right there. But what I did notice is, is that a lot of businesses didn't even bother to decorate. Um, it kind of felt like, oh, we have to dress it up and it, like window dressing and that's it. They're slowly chipping away at Christmas. Um, I saw that overseas people are having to use their cell phone to text before they leave their premises um, to be able to get authorization to leave their house on Christmas. Uh, people are getting spot checked. Um, it's just insane. And I was thinking, well, this is how you get rid of traditions, uh, you know, in the name of health. It, it's, it was disheartening. So in that sense, nothing has stopped the world from turning. Nothing has stopped you from going to your family unless you've decided to do so. And it definitely didn't stop, uh, you know, the politicians from doing what they want to do. Uh, yesterday, if you remember, Pelosi came out saying, oh, we've, uh, we've already uh, got it ready. We're going to vote it in to change the 600 to the 2000. And we're going to get this done. And great, there's going to be a government shutdown, hopefully, and let's get that done. Um, but they did work on Christmas Eve, which was bizarre. There were a lot of rumors of arrests yesterday. Uh, which uh, have yet to be confirmed or not. Uh, I pulled a full record of one of those arrests where I could. I didn't find any arrests. Um, so I do not believe that happened yet. That doesn't mean that something isn't happening. So uh, last night, uh, Millie Weaver actually premiered a video that was 
pretty awesome. And as I was watching that video, I saw a lot of comments. I don't know if you guys watched it, but I'm going to play it for you because it's pretty, it's pretty badass. Um, in that video, I saw on different platforms a lot of comments uh, in regards to, oh, I'm just tired of this. Everyone just keeps saying things. You know, um, when you're putting information out, unlike myself that uses a form of predictive analytics, well, I mean, I tell you I'm a time traveler. You could just decide if you want to. Um, people are terrified of having discussions with people because they're so unforgiving. Um, and that's because, first of all, you have a lot of people that say things with full confidence, with zero knowledge, and that usually comes from places like idiots. And uh, there's also, uh, you know, people that have very good knowledge and, and, and fail uh, to uh, make any determined factors. So I have spoken about this knowledge scale before. There's the, I have no knowledge. There's the, I have half-baked knowledge. And there's the, I have full knowledge. So what we see is people with no knowledge usually are very, very adamant about what they have to say. People with half-baked knowledge are kind of always flipping and flopping, not really sure, right? Saying things that ooze as a matter of fact tone um, when they're not. And then there's those that have actual knowledge and they say it with complete and utter as a matter of fact tone. So I want you guys to know that it's okay if you say things and, you know, you draw your conclusions and fall down rabbit holes and screw up. That's totally fine. Nobody cares because that's how hypotheses happen. So I want to make that clear because a lot of people were like, well, I don't know if I want to say this or do I tweet that out or nobody cares. You're not tweeting for anyone but yourself. Okay. You can say whatever you want. That's the beauty of the United States of America. You can say whatever you want. So that's number one, right? Um, number two, another thing that you need to see that and dispel is, um, Obviously, a lot of you are woke. I mean, you saw the Communist News Network. You're on it. It's important to understand that the media is not what it seems. You know, everyone has this idea that um, journalists sit down, um, they ask questions, um, they take um, the information, and they repackage it beautifully. Now, we all here... Two days ago, I lived only on Twitch because I didn't want the reporter to know that we were live while we were talking. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it was kind of like what President Trump did, right? He like dropped the 60-minute video before they did because they were going to be BSing, right? So I had live streamed the call while I was on the call, while I was on the call. So you guys can get a peek behind the scene to understand exactly how the media works. And I don't know if you guys saw the hit piece Weibo did on me, but it was like everything the attorney general wanted to say, who was butt buddies with Obama anyway, besties with McCain, and a loser. 
And if anyone actually sat down and read the damn documents, which are thousands and thousands and thousands of pages long, they'd be like, yo, this stinks to high hell. But nobody does. Why? Because there's people that have no knowledge and say shit with full confidence because they have a goal of getting something done. The difference between no knowledge and full knowledge is that they're both extremely confident. But then there's those people in the middle that kind of just like, I don't know. I'm just stating things right now. Um, I don't know if it's right or wrong because everything in that was so fake. But the cool thing that came out of that interview in that article is, one, hopefully people have read the case so they could see just what I've been through. Two, um, he admitted that he spoke to Brennan and the attorney general and the attorney general. That is huge for me. It's huge. That means limp-wristed Wayne Stengem or his girlfriend, Perel Grossman, spoke with this guy. So that's huge for me. I, I don't I don't think you guys understand when you have, you know, people like that talking shit about you, that means they're scared. That means they're terrified. So awesome. For me, I'm just saying awesome. So now we're gonna move over to watch Millie Weaver's report. And as you'll notice throughout this report, she's using information from Reports done over a year ago, too. So um, please enjoy this if you haven't watched it yet. Take a listen. Planning and coordination to intervene in what happened during this election is overwhelming. How could President Trump and fellow Republicans not have a landslide victory in 2020? So, while we're all eating popcorn, watching the clown show in the house, electronic voting machines have been set up to rig the 2020 election. We interrupt our program at the request of the White House. This is the emergency broadcast system. All normal broadcasting has been discontinued during this emergency. The broadcast cable, satellite, and wireline participants in your area. We are about to go interview a whistleblower pertaining to election fraud. I'm not going to give you guys too much information on who it is because we're protecting their identity. But as soon as we get this video interview, we are going to hop on a plane back to D.C. And we're going to get that to the Trump team's lawyers and those who can do something with it. So let's go. We are just having more important business meetings because we're working hard to make sure that this election doesn't get stolen and to make sure that um, the powers that be, those that are the globalists, that they do not try to undermine the American people's vote. I really feel that we're going to have victory here at the end of the day and um, we're going to want to watch the process that it took to obtain that victory. I'm back from weeks of networking in D.C. and traveling all over the country, meeting with several legal teams, cyber teams, all working in a massive effort to expose the corruption that took place in the 2020 election. We met with the team who we had previously met with in 2019 in Kentucky regarding the whistleblower information that I had received about election meddling in the gubernatorial race. I just delivered to the governor's office 
documents that a whistleblower sent me on Friday alleging election fraud. We also met with high-level DOD personnel, such as an individual from and got critical information that I will be discussing with you today. You are witnessing an intelligence operation, a counterintelligence, and a counter-counterintelligence operation unfold, all with assets, spies, and honeypots battling it out in an all-or-nothing struggle for the presidency of the United States. Military-grade psychological operations have been deployed along with unsecured electronic voting machines over non-secure networks in an attempt to manipulate the minds and votes of American citizens. So you made a vote for someone where someone did not vote. I did, didn't I? And you're the election supervisor? I'm the election supervisor. I think I want to vote for Biden. Let's let Biden win this one. I decided this, this Al, he don't deserve no votes. Let's not let nobody vote for that and complete. Okay. The fake news and social media giants are attempting to demoralize and gaslight American voters into believing that Trump lost the election. An insurmountable amount of evidence says otherwise. You can no longer like this tweet of President Trump's. You can no longer share it. You can no longer reply to it. The only thing they'll let you do is quote tweet it. And then they even tell you that that it's false. Where he says, I won the election in a landslide, but remember, I only think in terms of legal votes. They're pushing a counterfeit narrative, trying to get us to believe that there is an office of the president-elect and that we must accept a virtual swearing-in rather than an actual inauguration. President-elect Biden has uh, said, you know, we're probably not going to be able to have the kind of ceremony that people are uh, used to seeing. Some of the advocacy groups who would normally attend have already indicated that they will have virtual events this year. Gee, couldn't be because they're trying to hide that Biden will have a tiny turnout, do you? Not one that would add up to an 81 million voter turnout. Why do you think Cuomo is getting an Emmy for his press conference performances where he routinely trashes the president? Because it's a giant psyop. Governor Cuomo will receive an Emmy award for his daily briefings. This election was part of a premeditated coup d'etat to overthrow our constitutional government to make way for an international liberal order controlled through global governance under Chinese hegemony, a.k.a. the Great great Reset. So COVID-19 crisis has shown us that our old systems are not fit anymore for the 21st century. In short... We need a great reset. A global reset is possible. Multilateralism will get a boost by the election of um, President uh, Biden. Stop. The accent, right? Totally reminds you of the 40s, right? I'm just saying. I had to stop right there. Like the accent. Great reset. Klaus tells us this. We're all going to say what? Hail to the what? Fourth Reich? Fourth elected branch of government? That's it, right? And the time to act is now.
This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is a time for a great Great reset. reset. Citizens of the United States have just done a great reset. We've done a great reset. We, as a nation, are caught in the middle of domestic irregular warfare with both cyber and kinetic capabilities, where the Trump administration is waging the biggest foreign internal defense operation in U.S. history. The force multiplier has taken the wildest dreams that we joked about and made it reality. We don't realize that we are way past our wildest dreams from just a year ago. We need to snap out of this induced trance and turn this ship around. Be rest assured, the Trump administration isn't going anywhere soon. But you can't just sit there either. We need to act now. There are several remedies in play. We will win, but it requires you pay close attention and that you are willing to take appropriate constitutionally permissible actions. We need to pound the phones, get a hold of your state legislature, call or write letters to your representatives, demand they acknowledge the widespread fraud and get behind President Trump and exercise the remedies afforded to us via the 12th Amendment. There is a very important link below in the description. Read it, share it, take this situation by the horns and follow through. Just finished with our meetings here at the White House this afternoon. We had a great planning session for our January 6th objection. We aren't going to let this election be stolen by Joe Biden and the Democrats. President Trump won by a landslide. Call your House reps. Call your senators from your states. We've got to make sure they're on board. We already have a lot of people engaged. Okay, stay tuned. The last thing you want is to have to later explain your inaction. Big things are coming. The nation's fate could depend on it. We have their plans and tactics. Getting this crucial information wasn't easy. However, I, for one, am not going to just sit here and watch them destroy our country. Americans are not meant to be easily defeated. Fighting against tyranny is in our blood. And so is rebelling. Thousands and thousands of people who came forward in their states, you know, the swing states, but they're coming forward across the entire country with their stories where they witnessed incredible inappropriate behavior, fraudulent behavior, probably in some cases criminal behavior. All we want, all the President of the United States wants, is he wants to make sure that we have a free, fair, transparent cup. That's it. We are not alone in this, no matter how much the mainstream media establishment wants us to believe it. I was out there in Washington, D.C. at the March for Trump. I saw the many, many, many thousands of people out there. You are not alone. We need to stop acting like losers. We're winners. Let's walk boldly in victory and stop cowering in the corner. I get it. The media is going to call you names. They're going to pounce on you. I got it. Okay, whatever. But we got to fight for a republic. Benjamin Franklin said we have a republic if we can keep it. It's our time to keep the republic. You're facing a psyop. They're trying to demoralize you and disorient you. Remember, you are the normal ones. You're the ones who are seeing the truth. It's the, they are the truth. 
elitist group of people who only protect their own and they're looking out for their elitist wealthy class and they don't care about people who are trying to expose the truth because you're an enemy of them anybody who helps the people of the united states with the truth is their enemy and look at today we're still out here we're still hype we still got the energy on our side trump 2020 on the game that's right we're not we're not gonna give up we're not gonna let them steal an election it just doesn't work that way the whistleblowers in Shadowgate made significant contributions to both civil cases and criminal cases surrounding this election. Many didn't catch the fact that in Shadowgate, the direct location was pointed out of where Hurricane Electric and the Congressional Knowledge Management System was housed in Germany. Let it sink in that these official documents suggest the Congressional Knowledge Management System outsourced to a private contractor is hosted, managed, and stored in servers in Germany. This is very disturbing. Maybe we should look at some old articles that I put out on Hurricane Electric to find those servers and those little bits. Basically, there was election meddling evidence on the servers in Germany. What's in, what's in Frankfurt, Germany that would be of interest? One of, one of my, our white hat hackers and found that uh, there was traffic in a, a, a CIDL servers. President Trump's attorney, Sidney Powell, says claims about the server being seized in Germany are true. The servers at CIDL in Germany were confiscated the other day. I'm hearing it was our forces that got those servers. The U.S. Army had gone in and seized the CIDL server. The servers belonged to a Spanish election software company called CIDL. Gomert said that according to a source in Germany, CIDL was raided by the U.S. Army. He said he believes U.S. intelligence could be behind it. Other information in Shadowgate made its way directly into the public hearings. Four psychological operations group had no idea that we were going to be taking their years worth of work that they paid us to do, taxpayers paid us to do, and we kept the intellectual property rights to it and um, uh, remarketed it, branded it commercially. And I see these guys back here in America have just been having a field day utilizing the technology that we've been developing to alter the outcomes of our elections. My background uh, in the... I just wanted to say here just a second, as you can see, Shadowgate told you everything you needed to know for what was coming. And remember, Shadowgate was actually taped and finished before July of 2020. If you remember, it just took a while to put everything together, right? Because for whatever reason, they had a problem with their internet. And it was right before that big arrest. Hence why Shadowgate. Uh, is banned globally on every single platform. Military as a as an information operations officer, uh, running uh, uh, psychological operations, computer network operations, uh, deception, operation security, and electronic warfare, special electronic warfare. And um, our team has been researching this specific issue since August of this year. I worked for Obama's National Security Advisor, General James Jones, and for about eight years for the development of social media psychological warfare. We're talking about military-grade psychological yes. warfare weapons being used on mm -hmm. American citizens. Paid for by American taxpayers. And I, I would tell you as, a, uh, as an unconventional warfare 
uh, information operations, information warfare specialist, uh, the American populace is facing uh, an unconventional uh, warfare scenario. And this, this is this is information warfare. The shadow net not only can be used for psyops, but as a virtual network, it supports computer network operations. You just can't psyop the election or hack the machines. You have to do both. Again, my, my background as um, an information warfare officer is how to get in and corrupt these machines to conduct strategic influence operations. How do I, how do I get, get the enemy or, or a targeted population in a foreign country to um, think and act a certain way? Theoretically, if someone were able to get their hands on the voter rolls, they could know who to target with psychological warfare on social media. It was a psychological operation, but that crunches data with the use of psychological operation. When we hijacked the Afghan elections, how did we do that? We had to understand how the Afghanis think. We used that to our advantage and formulated a plan where we would sway their thoughts to believe that XYZ candidate is the way to go. Patrick Berge is listed to testify about psychological warfare weapons being deployed on social media designed to influence the election. Social media censorship is just a small part of the problem. Why do you think they won't add Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act on the National Defense Authorization Act? Because they need social media to have immunities for engaging in the use of psychological warfare technologies on American citizens. Our infiltrator into various... Wait, before we get there, I want to tell you something. Something that is very important, so we're going to hide right here for a second. Did you know that the COVID-19 bill actually had a portion in it that proposes up to 10 years in prison for unauthorized social media streaming? Did you hear that? That prison time up to 10 years and massive fines can be applied to people creating videos or sharing videos that are accused of copyright infringement. Now, having put, putting out my information on uh, YouTube, I can tell you I'm almost every single second I am being taken out for social uh, for copyright, even though it's not theirs, even though there's no copyright. So I have to keep doing those DCMAs every single time. So now they're going to make video, audio, and everything illegal. So that's something people missed in that, you know, I've been going through it to, 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 to read about it. But the COVID-19 stimulus bill proposes uh, 10 years in prison for unauthorized streaming. Hold on. Let me share that screen so you guys can see it because I, I can't pull up the PDF. It'll just take too long. But BitChute actually put it out. The, the recently unveiled COVID-19 stimulus bill, uh, their tweet reads, um, and there's an article about it by a guy named Tom Parker, uh, contains a series of measures that not only have nothing to do with the coronavirus, but could lead to prison time and huge fines for creators and providers of video sharing services that are accused of copyright infringement. This is insane. Are you paying attention? This is insane. 
So now you're not allowed to share videos. You're not allowed to say whatever you want because then they'll hit you with copyright infringement. Can you see it now? Can you see the control of virus, this infodemic with the control of virus where they're going? They're using the control of virus to say that people aren't allowed unauthorized streaming, unauthorized where? On the internet? Who owns it? Are you saying on platforms? Because BitChute is quite open. What is it that they're, where it would be unauthorized? Here is COVID relief. Congress managed to cram a controversial changes, copyright that threatened internet users with huge fines, benefiting companies like Disney. Do not expect any help from big tech. They are very aware that of the rising threat from alternative tech and more happy to further restrict services. That's true. So that's pretty insane, you guys. Think about it. That is insane. Just keep that in mind. When I say this is war, can you see it now? Because it's, it's pretty evident. It's, it's actually very evident. Let's get back to that video. Leftist organizations provided testimony, video evidence, internal communications, and documentation exposing a coordinated plot against our government. It involved foreign influences, communist-based affinity groups, federal employees such as senior executive services, and labor unions planning prior to the election a coup action against President Trump. I'm a management and programs analyst. I work in the national security community. I spent three and a half years um, as a contractor at DHS HQ. If you read the mainstream press, like they all have signal accounts, text them, leak everything you can. Making sure that we're naming what is happening as a coup. Totally agreed in the these conversations that I've been having and that's not on the federal side. We um, also are often saying that we call it a coup. Do we have any plans for how to respond if there's a coup? On the 5th, we're going to uh, shut down the White House. Matt, the White House, and know every access point. So we knew we could have blockaded. On the 6th, we're going to shut down uh, larger parts of Washington, D.C. We've been working on a target map and a framework for scenario. So where are all the police stations? Where are all the key government buildings? Who are the Trump boosters? Members of Congress that are coming in, um, we're going to meet them at the airports or at Union Station um, and send them back to where they came from until we deal with the, the situation that we're in. We are going to be in a crisis but we want it to be one that we are creating. Whoever's got the guns can win. Let's take over the buildings. If there are people that are willing to do that, we should support them. Get ready to shut your city down on the 4th or the 5th. Subsequently, we were leaked documents from AFL-C... So that is where I was telling you they were talking about VI, VBIEDs. It was in these conversations and where she said, if people are willing to do crimes, then we should support them. And here's where they're pulling stuff from the Arab Spring. This is a big deal. This isn't like a joke. But I want you guys to remember this with Pelosi. I told you how important that would be, right? Remember that? Pelosi, president. Basically, there's a clause that if the House deadlocks and they haven't selected a president by a certain date on a certain time, the Speaker of the House becomes president. Remember, we talked about Samuel Huntington, right? I told you this in the summer as well when she said it. Second in command, right? When she said it, right? 
Samuel Huntington, the actual official first president. And Nancy Pelosi gets her glory moment. She could select the president of the United States. You know, I'm second in line uh, to the presidency. I'm second in line. Nice try, Nancy, but no. According to DOD sources, this was foreseen. This is where, in the timeline, the planned coup and counter-coup sting operation diverge. We interrupt our program. You can support independent journalism by going to millennialmillie.com and making a purchase or giving a donation. We now have brand new limited edition Shadowgate hats. We have both pink and black. We also have stickers, t-shirts, and signed posters. Your purchases support real journalism. We now return you to regular programming. Much of what took place was to let the enemy think they won, that we had been defeated, to embolden their confidence, to expend their resources and provisions early, letting them walk right into our trap. They have walked into something that I was hoping they'd walk into for six months, and what they've exposed is probably what's going to turn out to be one of the major scandals of the early part of the 21st century. Too tempting for them not to take. Over the past year, I've been dropping clues throughout my videos to prepare us for what is happening right now. There has been a sting operation in place since before the 2018 midterms. I mean, really, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that the Democrats were going to try to commit a bunch of voter fraud. Give me a break. We have $3.6 billion for vote by mail. Uh, This is very, very important. It's what is needed. We know we need to do. We would win on Election Day and the Republicans would come raging in with the absentee ballots. Our intelligence agencies have been corrupted by the influence of the military industrial complex. Private contractors making money off of endless wars, indulging with foreign interests, using our military as pawns and our tax dollars as a piggy bank to destroy nation states and create a global government. We elected President Trump to end this corruption, to drain the swamp, so to speak. Predictably, the swamp fought back. So how does President Trump get around this conundrum? Well, to fix a problem, you must first go back to a strategic entry point and use it as leverage. Not to mention the Department of Defense plays an important role in the whole of government partnership spearheaded by the NSA and Cybercom's election security group formed after the midterm elections. Space Force played a crucial role in Trump's New Year's resolution last year. Did you catch President Trump's New Year's resolution or did you miss it? Ignition, The declassification of the NRO in 1999 revealed a back channel, a hidden chain of command within the intelligence community and continuity of government structure at the president's disposal. For President Trump to get around the deep state coup operation, he had to create Space Force, a public face to a more OG back channel designed to protect the interests of the United States and the president. Several tells exist in the public 
that point this out. This mission tested new capabilities in preparation to monitor and protect critical infrastructure, aka the 2020 election, in accordance with the Executive Order 13848. On December 9th, 2020, DNI Ratcliffe announced that Space Force is now the 18th branch of the intelligence community. I am very pleased to report that my team at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is working with our Space Force leadership to evaluate the potential for the Space Force to become the 18th member of the United States intelligence community. The intelligence community and Department of Defense have agreed to align U.S. Space Command and the NRO under a new protect and defend strategy for the purposes of jointly guarding our vital space systems. The Trump administration knew they had leakers protecting criminal elements in the government who profit from corruption in Ukraine. Obama holdovers from the transition executive order. They were baited into accusing Trump of exactly what they did. If the deep state could be baited into running Biden for president to protect him from prosecution for his crimes in Ukraine, then the deep state would likely hack the election using the same election meddling equipment. Ukraine was the epicenter of everything, like everything. We sent the money so we can help them conduct elections. We did everything there. The Obama aid package in Ukraine, which corresponds with Joe Biden's billion dollar loan guarantee scandal, is the same aid package where Seidel got a field office in Kiev to provide election training and election management for the Ukrainian Election Commission. With regular electronic voting machine problems, who also tabulate our election results in cloud services in Europe. The same equipment connected to the DNC server, which had software, algorithms, and techniques that were used to usher elections in Ukraine. Hillary's emails became code for election meddling software, memorandums of understanding, and commitments with other nations, collusion, bribes, and other nefarious activities such as folders labeled insurance. Remember that footage of my phone being remotely controlled and hacked? Well, let's take a closer look. But this time, let's actually see what the conversation was. What would anyone care about what Tori and I are communicating about in private conversations? To go so far as to hack my phone? You think it's just emails that a server holds on to? Come on, guys. It's got software programs. It's got firewalls. It's got passwords. It's got links to how do you deploy stuff, deploying, how to meddle with elections, deploying algorithms. When Trump raised the issue about the DNC server possibly being in Ukraine, his administration was investigating how the deep state meddled in Ukraine's election to learn how the deep state has been rigging elections here in the U.S. Do you believe that the emails from Hillary Clinton, do you believe that they're in Ukraine? Do you think this whole thing is I think they could be. Hopefully it's going to be found out very soon. But I I think that a lot of progress has been made. A lot of progress has been made. When President Trump called up the Ukrainian president, what did he ask him for? The, the, The crowd strike servers, right? 
One of our Shadowgate whistleblowers, Tori, submitted a sworn affidavit to Sidney Powell's legal team that was filed with legal challenges in contested states. In Tori's sworn affidavit, she states that she can personally attest that in 2013, discussions by the Obama-Biden administration were being had with various agencies in the deployment of such election software to be deployed in Ukraine in 2013. On or about April 2013, a one-year plan was set to fund and usher elections in Ukraine. Joe Biden was designated by Barack Hussein Obama to ensure Ukraine accepted assistance in their election, right? John Owen Brennan and James Clapper were responsible for the ushering of the intelligence surrounding the elections in Ukraine. Under the guise of crisis support, the U.S. federal taxpayers funded the deployment of the election software and machines in Ukraine, signing on with CIDL. Now, here's where it gets good. So you understand where we're going with the elections, okay? Uh, in the Help America Vote Act, the Congress provided states with over $3 billion to modernize their voting systems. The Help America Vote Act of 2002, or HAVA Act, was passed by Congress to ensure confidence and security in electronic voting machines after the 2000 Bush-Gore election-hanging Chad's debacle. HAVA establishes guidelines pertaining to voting machines where federal positions are elected. Patricia Oliver is a concerned voter on St. Croix. Ever since she found out our machines are not EAC certified, she's been concerned with the transparency of our election system. Our machines are not EAC certified and we voted on them for a federal position, the delegate to Congress. Having received no local response, Oliver has now reached out to the U.S. Department of Justice in Washington, D.C. for help. So their machines were not certified in 2012. Now, yesterday I gave a few Christmas presents on Twitter where I'm talking about the 2012 elections. Uh, well, this has been happening for a while, and I'll show you that right after this bit right here. Oliver already sent a challenge to the U.S. Department of Justice voting section for the upcoming general election for using machines not EAC certified. Tory's affidavit also reveals that the Election Assistance Commission, who is responsible for making sure election machines follow certification guidelines laid out in the HAVA Act, have not certified electronic voting machines in accordance with those guidelines since 2017. Clearly, the EAC has allowed their responsibilities to seriously lapse. The implications are that elections since 2017 have not been legally certified according to the HAVA Act. If enforced, this would nullify the election results of 2018, 2019, and 2020. That would mean that the last valid election would be in 2016 when the Republicans controlled the presidency, the Senate, and the House. Whoa. The Senate just held a hearing examining irregularities in the 2020 election. Are we supposed to just sit here and let the least secure election in U.S. history go unchallenged? Right. Well, here's a little flashback, you guys. Let me take you there. You ready? Watch this video. Well, in fact, you I will. I did. You think the election was stolen? Absolutely. Your credentials. 
Uh, I'm a programmer. I worked for NASA, worked for ExxonMobil, worked for um, Florida Department of Transportation. And it is so set up so that you can steal it. Yeah. I mean, it would be crazy not to. Mr. Curtis, are there programs that can be used to secretly fix elections? Yes. How do you know that to be the case? Because in October of 2000, I wrote a prototype for President Congressman Tom Feeney at the company I worked for in Oviedo, Florida, that did just that. And when you say did just that, it would rig an election? It would flip the vote 51-49. If you saw that George W. Bush, in fact, did not win Ohio and that John Kerry actually won Ohio, how would you feel about that? I would feel sick. I think you're six months late. In the states that had electronic voting, the numbers didn't match at all with the exit polling. I wanted to recommend a book to you. It's called Our Madhouse by Greg Palast. Yeah, he's the top investigative journalist in America. I've already read it. And he says you won the 2004 election. There's also voting machines, electronic voting machines in Volusia County, Florida, that counted backwards. So amidst all these reports of, of voting, voting stuff going on, how could you concede the election? <laughs> called Yang Enterprises, and in into September, early October of 2000, I was introduced to a guy named Tom Feeney, the future Speaker of the House of Florida. He wanted a program that could flip the votes without anyone seeing it. So you walk up, you vote for Bush, but the guy... Hold on, let me tell you something. So there was a meeting in 1999 where a project was created just for this, because for some reason, a bunch of people sat in a room, I was one of them, in Florida, where the discussion ensued that there would be hanging chads. I could walk up here, and if he hits the right buttons, he can flip the vote that easy. Okay, so that's like, so we know, so we know. And I've been saying this for years. <laughs> you haven't had any valid elections since... 1996. <laughs> and even then they were stolen, but not as easily as they were after that. So what can someone say on this? I mean, what can we say on this, honestly? Is there something that we can do? Is there something that we can respond with? Think about it. What can we do as Americans to ensure that this stops right here. Because in essence, the only person that is allowed to speak for us right now is the president of the United States and about 20 uh, people that are in um, the Senate. So you have to think, this is beside all of you, right? I mean, it's a lot. But I want you to know that God always intervenes. And I'm going to kind of show you a video um, for those that are um, going to be listening to this on podcast. I'm going to have to pause this um, about seven minute video and um, read. I won't interpret, read out, whatever. Because um, I want you guys to understand at this time of Christmas how miracles do happen. Okay, here you go. God has a plan which, which is described by St. Paisios on a single page. In 
It's a well-known text in one of Elder St. Paisios' book entitled Speech B, Spiritual Awakening, which is published by the Holy Monastery of St. John the Evangelist, the theologian in Surodi, Thessaloniki. Ιερών ησυχαστήριων Ευαγγελιστή Ιωάννη, ο Θεολόγο Σουρωτή Θεσσαλονίκη. Συνεκατόν ογδόντα οχτώ σελίδαν. So listen to what it says on page 188. A nun asked the then living Saint Paisios, Elder, in these difficult years, will Christ intervene? Ακούτε. Ρωτά μια μοναχή των τότε ζωή γέρονταν. Παίσιο, γέροντα, σε αυτά τα δύσκολα χρόνια θα επέμβει ο Χριστός. Η ίδια ερώτηση που βάλε ο Γιάννης. It's the same question that is being posed to us in 2020 by John, he's saying, that had been asked before 1994 when St. Παίσιος passed away. This is about 30 years ago. And like I said, I had the privilege to, to meet Elder Pacios, Saint Pacios, before he passed. Που του πέμπουν του Γιάννη το 2020, η ίδια ερώτηση εμπίκε πριν το 1994 που έχει μύθηκε. Ε, ή πριν πόσα χρόνια, πες εν το 90 διάκο, δηλαδή πριν 30 χρόνια. Πριν 30 χρόνια, η ίδια ερώτηση. Και τότε έβλεπαν ότι είναι δύσκολα τα χρόνια. He says, so that was what, 30 years ago. Let's just pretend it's 1990. That's 30 years ago. And they were thinking they were going through tough times. Imagine if they were living today, he said, through these times. So, okay, he starts to read it and says, okay, I repeat. Elder, in these difficult years, will Christ intervene? Και ακούτε ο Παΐσιος, τι ώρα συνήθε. And listen to Saint Παΐσιος, the vision that he had, what his answer was. Προφήτης. Αυτός είχε προφητικό και όχι μόνο προφητικό χάρισμα, είχαν πολλοί. Αυτός είχε και χάρισμα ερμηνείας της προφητείας. So he was a true prophet. I mean, he had a prophetic gift. And not only a prophetic gift, per se, to prophesize, but he had the gift of being able to interpret prophecies. So you should know that is really difficult to do. And for those of you that are listening, just so you know, uh, this a Metropolitan's accent is completely different um, um, than mainland. It, he's, he's speaking in Greek, but it's actually Cypriot. So he's from Cyprus. So the um, uh, tenation and the verbiage used is a little bit different. Just so you guys, you know, for those of you that are, you know, stifflers about stuff like that. I just wanted to let you know that. Τον είναι δύσκολο, ξέρετε. Ναι, εδώ βλέπεις, απαντά ο Άγιος, σε έναν αδικημένο που έχει καλή διάθεση, επειδή δικαιούται τη Θεία Βοήθεια, παρουσιάζονται πολλές φορές οι Άγιοι, η Παναγία, ο Χριστός, για να το σώσουν. Yes, responds the elder. You see, 
someone that has suffered injustice, he is entitled to have intervention. Uh, the, the translation that those of you that are watching on the video is pretty much close, but it's not exact. So I'm just interpreting for you. He deserves, he's, he, he's entitled to divine intervention. I mean, if what he's doing is for good, there will be intervention. Many times the person may be visited by saints, uh, the Virgin Mary herself or Christ, so that they can be saved. Πόσο μάλλον τώρα που θα βρίσκεται σε τόσο δύσκολη κατάσταση ο καημένος ο κόσμος. Τώρα μια μπόρα θα είναι. And all now where people will be encountering and being in these very difficult situations, they're going to be found to be coming upon a storm. Ακούτε, τώρα λέει μια μπόρα θα είναι. Are you listening? He says, it will be a storm. Μια μικρή κατοχή του αντιχρίστου σατανά θα φάει μετά μια σφαλιάραν από τον Χριστό. Θα συγκλονιστούν όλα τα έθνη και θα έρθει γαλήνη στον κόσμο για πολλά χρόνια. You have to understand there's a certain territory that's a stronghold of Satan, the actual Antichrist, who will receive a who will receive a huge slap across the face from Christ so that all nations will be shocked and in awe and then peace will prevail to the world for many years. It is at this time that Christ will provide this opportunity for his people to be saved. Αυτήν τη φορά θα δώσει ο Χριστός μια ευκαιρία για να σωθεί το πλάσμα του. At this time, Christ is giving this opportunity to his creation to be saved. You think Christ would allow his creation and abandon, that he would allow the abandonment of his creation? Θα παρουσιαστεί στο αδιέξοδο των ανθρώπων για να τους σώσει από τα χέρια του Αντιχρίστου. Θα επιστρέψουν στον Χριστόν και θα έρθει μια πνευματική γαλήνη σε όλη την οικουμένη για πολλά χρόνια. And what, and Christ, he will intervene where people are feeling despair so that he can save them from the embrace of the Antichrist. Many people will return to Christ and there will be spiritual peace and goodwill around the whole world for many years. Ακούτε τι μας περιμένει. Αυτά είναι για τη γενιά τη δική μας. Πριν 30 χρόνια. Are you listening to what is in store for us? This is for our generation right now. This was written 30 years ago. Επαναλαμβάνω. Θα έρθει μια πνευματική γαλήνη σε όλη την οικουμένη για πολλά χρόνια. Θα προηγηθεί όμως λέει. He says, you hear it, right? I repeat. There will be spiritual peace around the whole world that will last for years, but it will be at a shock within all nations. All nations will be rocked. And just so you understand, all people will be shocked. All nations. 
Can you not see that the problems today are not in your local community or national, but worldwide ones? Είναι προβλήματα παγκόσμια. Μερικοί λέει, αυτόν προσέξτε το πάρα πολύ, συνδυάζουν. He says, they're worldwide. So he begins to read again and says, some people say, and you have to be careful of this portion right here, he says. Be careful because people connect this intervention by Christ as his second coming. Εγώ δεν μπορώ να το πω. Κοιτάξτε διακριτικός και ταπεινός που ήταν ο Άγιος. But I can't say that is the case. He says, look how discreet and humble the saint was. Ο λογισμός μου λέει ότι δεν θα είναι η δευτέρα παρουσία του Χριστού. And he says, well, my logic tells me that this is not his second coming. It is not Christ's second coming. Ταν έρθει ως κριτής, αλλά μια επέμβαση του Χριστού. It's not that he's coming as uh, the second coming to judge the people, but only an intervention. Because there are many things that should have happened, and he's referring to the events of the res- rev- revelation that haven't happened yet. So in other words, he's saying we can't talk about the Antichrist and second coming right now. Where many have filled the internet um, with such things. These are fake prophecies. These are wrong interpretations. It's wrong interpretation. He says, he starts to read again. My logic tells me that this is not the second coming. You know, the time that Christ will come as a judge, but only an intervention since many big events have not yet happened. So Christ will intervene. He will slap the entire system. He will trample them down and turn what was intended for evil into something good. And now, he says, listen to some of the details. Streets will be filled with tiny standout chapels. Outside of vehicles, buses, there they will be there will be depictions of icons, so like crosses and icons. This is how the word of God will spread around the world. Να γιατί καλή μου κυρία χρειάζεται το διαδίκτυο για να κηρυχτεί το Ευαγγέλιο σε όλη την οικουμένη. And this is why, my good woman, the internet is necessary to preach the gospel to the whole world. Τώρα είναι η αρχή. Έχουμε δουλειά να ακόμα να κάνουμε. 
this is only the beginning. And remember, this is 30 years ago. We have lots of work to do. Και τότε ο Χριστός θα έρθει ως κριτής να κρίνει τον κόσμο. Άλλον κρίση, άλλο μια επέμβαση του Χριστού για να βοηθήσει το πλάσμα. And then Christ will come to judge, to judge the people. It's a difference between coming in as a judge and an intervention to save his people. Ακούτε, τώρα έχουμε, θα έχουμε επέμβαση. So right now, are you listening? We are experiencing an intervention. We will be experiencing an intervention. God is going to intervene in many ways. God can intervene in many ways. Therefore, for those of you listening, watching, make sure you're on the right arc. He says, so the words that I've read for you from these books of Suroti, from the eldest nun Philoftea, she told me, who I am a humble sinner, that the elder, St. Pacios, reviewed every single line that went into those writings. He guided her and told her, you'll omit this, you'll fix this, you're going to add this. The books of Suroti are the most uh, accurate for St. Paisios. He checked every single one of the writings before he passed because he said to her, there will be a time where people will read these books. It's like a will. This is my last rites. And I want to make sure that they're not paraphrased and they are authentic. So that's it. So here's where an elder told you that there will be a storm, that uh, faith is what will guide the people to the right spot. And You know, I, I've said this before, when I was really young, I had the incredible opportunity to to meet him. I was really, really young. And I, I was actually uh, n- not very happy that I had to go on that trip. Um, I wanted to be on the beach with my cousins. You know, I was on vacation. I, I thought it was dumb. And he said that there will be a storm and that that storm will bring an awakening across the planet. This was written over 30 years ago. So it's, um, I found that on my feed because I follow a couple of um, orthodoxy Twitter feeds. Um, I don't trust anyone that sits at the church ever. 
um, only because they have betrayed the people themselves. Uh, and that really does, you know, weigh heavy on me. But I wanted you guys to see how strong faith is and how, you know, the Metropolitan in Cyprus said, this is the storm. They thought it was bad 30 years ago. He already said it wasn't at that time, but a storm will come and that will deliver the awakening. He said that. He wrote it. It's over 30 years old. So I'm hoping that there are uh, translated versions of that book. I will look into it. If there are, I'll share links. If there aren't, maybe I'll sit down and translate it for you guys um, and we can have it out. But faith is key. It's Christmas, right? It's Christmas right now. And what people need to understand that when there is a, the word that he used was Bora. Bora is a term for a storm that's sudden, that can, that can brew in silence. So an example of that is you're in Jamaica, the sun is out, you're on the beach, you're kicking it. And suddenly there's like this torrential rain that comes down, rains for like 15 minutes, and then it's like sun's out again, right? That's what kind of storm it is. So faith is key to understand how to move forward through uncharted waters. It was faith that carried out Christopher Columbus to, to sail the ocean blue in 1492, Magellan for people to walk across lands that they had never entered before for people to venture out into the unknown. They went on nothing but faith. So faith is key. And the fact that we see a praying president right now should tell you everything you need to know that everything will be fine. I mean, I don't have to time travel to tell you. <laughs> you can see it. Your eyes are just not able to see it right now. Or maybe they are. But like he said, the great creator said, wait, it was even in the song. Right? Mary, did you know? And I was like, wow, I've said it before. <laughs> I, I never made that connection. Um, he will help people who were deaf hear. He will help people see who were blind. And the lame will no longer be lame, have steel spines. See, that's basically it. This is it. So I want you guys to have strong faith. Enjoy the day. Enjoy the snow if you have it or rain, whatever it is. And Merry Christmas. I wish you guys to have a jolly, jolly Christmas. <laughs> Have a holly, jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow Have a cup of cheer Have a holly, jolly Christmas And as you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know Everyone